Also, we've been bringing you all of the action from Melbourne at the Australian Tennis Open, and that is where we turn to now. Semi-finals are set in both the men's and the women's singles. Women's singles later today, the men have the day off. Uh, play again tomorrow uh, to discuss. We are thrilled to welcome back to the program for his uh, wonderful analysis in a very articulate fashion. It's Mr. Alex Gruskin from Crack Rackets. He is the editor and chief. Alex, how you doing? Holding up all right? Oh, it is always a pleasure to be back. And look, I got a lot of thoughts on the tennis to discuss with all of you. But my first question, because as always, when I come on this show, I like to get acclimated to the culture is 2-0 an exciting result like is that something I should be getting amped about or is that something as fans we should expect a little more from oh you would you should be amped at a 2-0 series victory over South Africa there are only two test matches (laughs) one test match constitutes five days are are you paying attention now in those games we can have a win we can have a loss we can have a draw but we could also have a tie but there's only been two instances of ties, but, the, you know, draws are quite common. Wins at home, more than common. Um, ha- have I bored you to tears yet? 2-0 will well, also you... be New Zealand's first ever Test Series victory against South Africa, dating back to the 30s, 1930s. There you go. So I mean, if you're not excited, I mean... Alex, nothing will get you excited. I mean, now I'm ready to be here. Again, you had me at five days. That's my sort of sporting event. The longer, the better. Obviously, we play best of five sets in the men's tennis side. So, yes, now you're talking my language. I am amped and, again, always thrilled to be back. But it's it's the stupid nature of tennis that everyone has to win. Someone has to go to the next (laughs) one. What about a five-sister and then just shake a hand saying it's a draw? It's a draw. That's what we do in in cricket sometimes. It's funny you say that because a match I will never forget exactly where I was and the date that it happened, 2009, ninth grade. We're getting ready. It was 2009, 2010 Ah. to be specific. But John Isner, Nicholas Mahout, 70-68. That was a three-day affair, and it's something we're talking about 14 days later. So, absolutely. Well, John Isner in long tennis games, my Lord, he he could could write a, a series of novels on each and every one. Uh, that he's been involved in and probably doesn't have enough time left in his life to write them. (laughs) Well, you know, again, when he's watching down from his perspective, he's got a lot to share with all of us. So uh, hopefully we'll get, you know, again, that sounds like a podcast series we at Cracked Rackets could get into. Now, speaking of New Zealand culture, I think, and I wasn't on at the time, uh, but I think one of your last appearances, uh, you you tried to um, get some information for is it your parents who are coming to new to little old Aotearoa, coming to New Zealand? That's, Was it your parents? Oh, I got a full prep from my mom for today's show. She's like, well, actually, I have right. three more questions you could ask, Alex. She's like, can you ask them if the Lord of the Rings is actually overrated? Because I've heard the two is a little overrated, and I don't really want to waste my time. And I was like, all right, I'll put it on the list. Um, I was like, we got to talk some tennis. But, yes, I, last okay. time I was on, I was looking for ice cream recommendations. Well, have you got a pen? Uh, always, I, 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 Yeah. Um, we, we, we put it out to the public here on SNZ, and the feedback was fierce, like very <laughs> robust. So, th- th- so this is no small sample size, but the New okay. Zealand people have spoken. They have spoken, and they've got five recommendations for you that you must try. Now, Louis can help me out here if there's any particular brand or, or make, or it's just a flavour. Are they just flavours, Louis? Or a mixture of brands and flavors? 
Real fruit ice cream was definitely popular, but the, the overwhelming uh, majority, anywhere in the Nelson, Tasman region, which is top of the South Island, or okay, from Hawke's Bay, Hawke's Bay yeah. on the eastern, eastern side of the North Island, real fruit ice cream from those regions in particular, yes. head and shoulders above the beach. Lots of sun. And you're going to eat it in good weather. And you want good weather when you have real fruit ice cream. So real fruit ice cream from the Nelson area or Hawke's Bay. Now, there are four okay. flavours we'll give you now that, uh, that travel well anywhere around New Zealand, right? So these okay. are the flavours. This is what I'm looking for. Hokey Pokey, quintessential New Zealand. <laughs> hokey Pokey. Okay, like, does that you involve know the song, do the ho- Like, do the yes. Hokey Tokey, replace the T yeah. with a P. Hokey Pokey. Okay, that's what I like. Okay, there you go, there you go. Cookies and cream. Okay. Yeah. I can spell like, that one. have that. Yeah, jelly tip. A jelly okay, tip. Ice- that, mm, this that, is a that one sounds a little. Pr- yeah, that one sounds a little promiscuous, but also exactly. entertaining. It's a little tarty. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit revealing. <laughs> it's a little bit seductive. It's a bit seductive, yeah. isn't it? They're absolutely oh. no. Uh, and lastly, and a real favourite of mine, boysenberry ripple. Oh, how oh. good. How cool. Okay, so I like this because I've always thought the boysenberry was a myth. Like I've heard of boysenberries, but I've never actually seen a boysenberry. So they're real. No, they exist. They exist. Like <laughs> aliens, they exist. <laughs> unlike unlike, unlike uh, Mordor or wherever Lord of the Rings that yeah. was found. Actually real. And yeah, way overrated. Way overrated. Uh, well, I live about 15 minutes from the, the main studio in Wellington where a lot of tourists do um, do that Lord of the Rings tour. And by the look of their faces, I will say don't do it. They, they, okay, always, so I'm gonna... little bit, they, they always look a little bit, I wasted my time here. Anyway. So there you go. So just just my quick summary, and then I swear I'll let you ask all the tennis you would like. But so I'm going to go to Hawks Bay. I'm going to enjoy a little jelly tip, and then I'm going to do that hokey-tokey, <laughs> turn myself around, head on down to Nelson and Tesmond, where I'm going to enjoy myself a little cookies and cream and call it a night. You forgot your boysenberry ripple, mate. Oh, that's well, that's yeah. just throughout. Like, that's the breakfast course. Because you need that's a little midnight day somewhere. That's yeah. your midnight binge. Yeah. Because yeah. your, t- your time zones are going to be completely messed up. So, yeah, save that for, for sure. a midnight snack. Anyway, yeah. tennis seems a little bit mundane now after, after, <laughs> after this chat. Yeah. I've got, uh, one. Right. I've got a question. I've got a question for how would you <laughs> – what ice cream would you use to describe Alcaraz's performance last night? Oh, that is an excellent question, and the answer is anything with a nut in it. Because if an ice cream has a pistachio or a walnut or, I don't know, pick your nut of choice, whatever the boysenberry equivalent is, a pecan, dare I say. Um, you go to anaphylactic shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's, it's like something that when it's made right, it is delicious. But if you screw it up at all, you're like, why did I waste my time when I could have gone with the hokey tokey? And I think that was Carlos Alcaraz last night. Like he left a lot on the table. And it is worth noting on the other side of 
the equation. Sasha Zverev had maybe the best serving performance we have ever seen at a major. He made 85% of his first serves last night. Just for perspective of what that means, he hit 111 first serves. He missed just 17 of them throughout the course of the match. If you're going to beat Carlos Alcaraz, that's the recipe that starts, that where the recipe starts in beating him. And just Alcaraz was uncomfortable the entire time. There was really only a 10-minute stretch where that third set, he's down 5-3, Zverev serving for it, Alcaraz breaks, he takes the set. You got like 10, 15 minutes of Alcaraz magic That was really it. Like, that was all we saw from him last night. And again, it was the biggest win of Sasha Zverev's career. Like, a massive victory for him to kind of remind everyone a year and a half removed from injury. Like, hey, I'm still one of the five best players in the world. But, yeah, again, I'm not the biggest fan of legumes in my ice cream. So, anything with a nut in it, that would be my flavor of choice for Alcaraz's performance. It was Zverev served like boysenberry ripple and Alcaraz played like rum and raisin, I would say. <laughs> rum and raisin, what a disaster of an ice cream. You know absolute what? Abomination, abomination to humanity. This is why you're the host and I'm the guest, because that's exactly it. He wasn't in ice cream. What he was last night is an oatmeal raisin cookie where you're just like, what? <laughs> you're just like, why did you do this? And that's it. like raisins are the bane of like, oh, I made a bad choice. That was Alcaraz yesterday. Yeah. He turned it on What only late in the third set. I, I don't yeah. know if someone, you know, woke him up and told him you're in a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam. No, the, the the most impressive part was he did it all with a smile on his face. Like there is just a visceral joy to a Carlos Alcaraz experience that even when he's losing, it's a pleasure to watch. But it was a surprise. Like, again, look at the numbers. Carlos Alcaraz is 69 and 13 over his last 52 weeks now. A guy who's flirted with a 90 percent win percentage for the first eight months of last season. You're just surprised. I think. I looked at that record and he's 44 and two against opponents ranked outside the top 20. So again, if you are a lesser opponent, he's going to beat you no matter what. That's why when I look at last night's match to me, I really do think the storyline is Vera and to see him perform at that level again, this is a guy who shattered his ankle at the 2022 French open. And at six foot six, you just wonder, you know, Feet injuries with big men is never a good recipe for long-term success. And to see him come back so fluidly, move the way he is. Again, it was his first top five victory at a major. It was just his third top 10 victory at a major as well. Now he's going to take on a Daniil Medvedev, who he has played more than any other opponent in his career 18 times. It's a massive opportunity, a massive moment for Zverev to start this season and yeah, like, don't worry. We'll get back to Alcaraz in February. Yeah, Alcaraz is going to be fine, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. He's already mm-hmm. won two Grand Slams. He doesn't turn 21 <laughs> till May of this year. He's yeah. going to be fine. You know, people don't develop at the same rate. Uh, but Zverev, I'm fascinated by yeah, those numbers are gaudy, ridiculous. The numbers, uh, his first serve percentage in that game. But he has served very, very well over the course of this whole tournament. So there is some belief that that will hold on. Um, into the semi-final. I, I thought against Norrie, though, he, he just got the ball back in. He was a bit of a pest, and and Norrie sort of missed. He he needs to go to an, a higher level to get it 
get to a final? That's the fascinating part about Alex Zverev is he's this six foot six guy who can hit serves 130 miles per hour. And yet he is most comfortable when he's grinding six, 12 feet behind the baseline, being a counter puncher, being reactive. And for the majority of his career, that's been a major issue for him in these biggest moments. You're absolutely right on the nose in your assessment. And that's why the first serve improving the way it has has been such a big development for him to take that final step because, look, from a physical perspective, no one is more fit. Players might be as fit, but no one is more fit over the course of five hours than Sasha Zverev. And that's the bet he's making going into every match is that he, through the totality of his physicality, Wow, that rhymed. I'm gonna. I'm writing that one down along with the ice cream flavors. Totality of his physicality. The totality of his physicality is going to wear his opponent down. That's the wager that he makes, and eighty percent of the time he's usually right because to be six foot six in that fit, you just don't see that in the standard tennis player. There's also fifteen minutes in every match. Where Sasha Zverev looks like the best player in the world, where that <laughs> serve, his backhand down the line, like it all just clicks in a moment. And you're like, oh, my God, why isn't this guy winning everything? But then it gets back to, well, he's under a little bit of pressure. And so what does he do when he's under that pressure? He recedes behind the baseline. He starts playing so defensive. What was so amazing is that. That was not the case yesterday. That was the first time where behind that first serve, he you're right. It was the exact opposite of the Nori match where Nori, he was reactive. He was proactive last night against Carlos Alcaraz. Everything went to script. And the question is, can he do it again? By the way, Zverev's likely pathway to an Australian Open title. He's already beaten Alcaraz. Next up, he's got Medvedev. After that, he, he'd probably play Novak Djokovic. He wins this major, no one can take it away from him. No one can have any doubts about him having those yips moving forward because that's about as tough of a pathway as you could have in 2024. And yet again, just the tennis he is capable of playing. If he can find that zone, that serving zone that he found last night, he can absolutely beat anyone in the draw. That serve is that good and you just throw it with everything else. It's a winning recipe. Uh, the only thing I need to say to you, Alex, is unlike the United States, we're a developed country. We, we use the metric system. So that's 209 <laughs> kilometres an hour. He served <laughs> not 130 miles an hour. You know, just, okay. just, just keep but that. I just keep, want to be clear. Keep, 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 keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. 85% in whatever we call our system is still 85% in the metric system <laughs> too, right? Okay, I just want to yeah, make sure. Cause yeah, yeah, you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, I, okay, I can't cool. pick holes. I can't pick hole on that <laughs> argument. I cannot. Yeah. Uh, so the Russian-sounding German takes on the guy who may be from Russia. We're not sure. Medvedev. Um, un- un- unfortunately, um, Medvedev, we're going to move on from you. We're running out of time. I want to talk about Sinner and his op- his chance of beating oh. arguably the greatest of all time in Novak Djokovic. Again, I think we should go back to hokey Toki. Who cares about this match? Um, but no, look. This is the match everyone's been waiting for. These two players played three times in the final 10 days of the 2023 season, and Yannick Sinner won two of those three matches. He actually won three of four, if you count their doubles match as well, and he helped Italy beat Serbia on the way to the Davis Cup title. 
There's like three things left in tennis that still matter to Novak Djokovic. That will be one of those. So he is going to come out with a fury and with something to prove in a way he hasn't against someone not named Djokovic, uh, Federer Nadal, excuse me, in about a decade. And so that storyline alone, the fact that Sinner doesn't seem to lose sets anymore. He's one of just six players since 2000 to not lose a set and make the semifinals of this Australian Open. The headlines write itself. These guys are the two favorites to win the tournament as well. So some would argue this is your de facto final. Sinner is playing as well as I have ever seen him play. He is playing well enough to win this match. But here's my last stat for you. This is the 11th time Novak Djokovic has made the semifinals of the Australian Open. The previous 10, he went on to win the freaking event. So bet against Djokovic at your own peril. This is going to be a good one. Buckle the seatbelts. Well, yeah, betting against Djokovic is like buying rum and raisins. It's just <laughs> yeah. stupid. Sorry, Scott, who's texting. Uh, let's get to the women's uh, semifinals, which, of course, later today. Is it, a, to borrow your term, a de facto final golf up against Sabalenka? I think so. It's the first time since 2011 that the U.S. Open final from the year before is seen at the Australian Open in the very next major. And look, these are the two, th- two of the three, four best players in the world. They're top four seeds. They're going head to head. Sabalenka has played 10 sets of tennis, all those sets, six, first to six games, win by two. She's played 10 sets of tennis so far. She has dropped just 16 games in those 10 sets of tennis. I, that's ridiculous. And the power yeah. tennis she is playing, it's just better than anyone else we have in this month of January in the women's game. And look, Coco Goss 10-0. She's dropped just two sets throughout the course of this year. She's also 34-4 and four since the end of Wimbledon. Those four losses to Iga Sviantek and Jessica Pagula, that's it. Coco Goff also 4-2 and two in the career head-to-head in this match. And yet, this is purely by the eye test. But Arena Sabalenka, it's just, it's the power. It's the fact that every match she plays it's going to be on her terms. It's up to her to say, I want to end this point now. Let's do that. And as good as golf has looked, I just think Sabalenka is in another world right now. This one should be really competitive, but Arena Sabalenka seems on a mission to defend her title, and I would not bet against that right. happening. So Coco Golf pushed to three sets in the quarterfinal. Aside from time spent on court and you know pretty warm conditions at the time, does that set you up well? for a semi having played such a tight game yes in her case yes it does because she played really bad in that match and every tournament a top seed is going to have one of those where you don't play your best and if you can get through that that usually means you're going to get to a semi-final get to a final have a shot at winning the major and you know again you get one mulligan coco golf got it in the quarterfinals you wonder mentally if that frees her up to play a little bit more loosely against sabalenka here tonight but again it it's not it, like coco golf's played excellent the case for her is really easy to make i just know what i'm seeing and what i'm seeing from arena sabalenka right now it's on like even Iga's yeah. best i'm curious if that's better than sabalenka right now because she has played that well to start this year the other semi-final uh, features China's uh, Jinwen Zeng and who? 
Who? Like and Diana, literally who? And Diana it was the player. Is how I how I describe uh, yeah. <laughs> the Ukrainian. Yes, Strimska. Yeah. It was a qualifier. What a great story. Only the fifth qualifier in tour history to make the semifinals of a major. And let's be clear, wow. who was the last one to do it? Someone by the name of Emma Raducanu, who went from qualifying to winning the 2021 U.S. Open title. So we've seen it happen before. Yastrzemska plays jaw-dropping tennis. Like, there are just moments. It's Sabalenka-esque, where her power, her athleticism, you're just like— where has this been for the past five yeah. years? And look, there was a moment when it was there. Like she was top 30 in the world before she was 20 years old. Talk about a story. Like she tests positive for a banned substance. Obviously being Ukrainian right after that, she has her family, her home country in this ongoing conflict with Russia. And she's talked openly about how much that has impacted her mentally and just her ability to play with any clarity or focus on court and now with all of that baggage over the last two and a half years to put together this sort of mesmerizing run she's beaten top uh, five top 50 players like five in a row that's only happened four times in the australian open since 1970 five top 50 players she's playing with nothing to lose Shin Wen's awesome like she is a 21 year old who's going to be a part of our story for the next decade to come but she might just be running into a buzzsaw. That is this Yastremska experience. And if it's a Yastremska Sabalenka final, just buckle your seatbelts and let's change balls every two games because it's going to get powerful out there. Anything we've missed, Louis? We covered everything off. Anything about New Zealand culture and tennis? You happy, boss? <laughs> How are my All Blacks doing? That's that's yeah. my last question, if I may, because that's the team I've been told the bandwagon. So I'm riding with the All Blacks. How are we doing? Louis can answer that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've just we'll had, go, we'll just had an upgrade. Louis, yeah. Louis, Louis, yeah. Louis would do anything for that man. Would yeah. do anything for that man. <laughs> yeah. So probably yeah. the greatest rugby team has ever walked the face of the earth, even though they haven't played under him yet. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Now, new, new coach, coaching change. It's like um, we've got the, I don't know, there's lots of coaching changes going on in the um, American football realm at the moment, isn't there? Um, so I don't know if there's a comparison to Scott Robertson, though. Who's the, who's the coach that just doesn't lose? Well, it used to be Bill Belichick. And, and yeah, Harry. exactly. Now, in, in the college realm, we'll go Nick Saban. Guy who never loses, right? Another good one. That's the equivalent. But no, I mean, look, when I talk about the All Blacks, I talk about we, you know, I'm going to name my kid Sam Whitelock Gruskin, a name of the most caps, obviously, for the All Blacks. And hey, whatever else I can learn here from Wikipedia in the next two minutes, I got for you guys. Excellent. Well, if you need someone to scream you Sam Whitelock's name, I know someone. Um, <laughs> and you need you need to get into test cricket, mate. Five days, five okay. days, and then no one wins, mate. That that, that sounds like that sounds like you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, that, my, that's my, my life story. <laughs> Thanks for the for your time again, mate. It's always a treat having you on the show. Go well. You guys are the best. Take care. Be safe, and we will talk again soon.